0: Hello and welcome to opening the gates to more listings for estate agents with me, Simon Gates. and I'm delighted to be joined today by a returning guest, Mr. Chris Buckler. Chris, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me back. I, I really enjoyed the first one. I really enjoyed the first one. So, uh, yeah, let's see what, to, what we've got in store today. God,
0: no 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 pressure on us to make this a, a, an even better one than if you enjoyed the first one, because uh, I was quickly looking before we hit record. You were guest number three. Nice. And one of the highest ranking episodes in terms of listens, probably because of how early on it was rather than quality. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Um, But no, it it has had a a lot of listens. I had a lot of feedback after that episode um, in terms of value given. So hopefully it's going to be action-packed with more value today. Um, One of the first questions I want to start with, uh, and this follows on from a conversation I think we were were having uh, recently, uh, when we were together in London, and I asked you the question of when you started in a state agency, you immediately went into being like self-employed business owner. You'd you'd never you'd never been like a a neg, let's say, in a no. role. So, double question: one, what strengths do you think that gives you, and what weakness perhaps does it give you?
1: Uh, great question. So. I'll start with Is I guess I had to, there's a lot when you sit around someone, you have a mentor in your valuer in the office that you hear things and you can pick things up. So I was fortunate enough uh, at the time that my business partner had been in the state agency in Switzerland for a number of years dealing with uh, high net worths and the level of service had to be great, but the nuances in terms of delayed completions and stuff like that, I, I didn't have a clue about. And, and that was definitely a weakness in the start of my journey. And maybe a bit of time management as well. So I don't follow the standard structure of Saturdays or for viewings, Mondays, or for tying up offers. Um, I didn't have that structure and and I probably still don't. Strengths, it's really simple. I'd say one major strength is if I didn't hunt or or kill, if you like, I didn't eat. So my job wasn't I just set up this high street estate agency. My job was I'm elite, I need to lead generate because if I don't take on, I don't know, 10, 15 boards in the first three months, um, I'll fail. And, you know, when you're spending a lot of money starting your own estate agency, unless you do it with a self employed model, I'm I'm not just going to plug and say, come and join us at the estate agency. It doesn't matter, right? For me, I went, I did, these models didn't really exist. So we had to go all in and, commit to right move commit to crm commit to dare i say going in the paper and it was really scary so there wasn't a safety net Uh, we had to just go in go and find instructions door knock speak to people chat to everyone at the gym you know go out every night to social occasions to try and find business and and that's the one thing i think as a strength that that if you're starting your own business or even if you run a business or you're a valuer right if you want to get more leads it's you're not making money sat behind your desk
0: there's quite a few things i've written down on, on what you'd said but i'd like to go into further um but just on the strengths piece it got me thinking about a couple of good examples of, of people we both know well tanya baker and josh smith and if we just there's a lot more to both of them than what I'm about to say but when you hear Tanya Baker you think strength social media like she's killing it yeah and then Josh Smith I think that I mean again very active on social media but my first thought is network sports so like he he right I know I'm getting a lot of listings at the rugby club or on the golf course so knowing your strengths and and amplifying them um I think is a is a key one there um you said newspapers. You shared something on social media the other day of an ad that was done in the newspaper. Yeah. What was yeah. that? Because it was it was out there. What was it? Uh, it
1: was uh, a picture of a waffle. So if you imagine you're turning through the paper 10 years ago and you've got front shot, front shot, front shot, you know, 250, 250 offers in the region of. And for me, it was pointless advertising the paper. And we genuinely used to sell our properties before they would go live in the paper, not all the time, but a lot of the time. So right in the middle of the the property section to pattern disrupt, where most of our competitors would have 15, 20 properties. We just had a big uh, page saying border the same old waffle Um, DM and co-homes. You're straight talking estate agent. Then a week later, I think it was boxing gloves and it was like, We'll go to war and fight for every pound the market will allow. There was a, oh gosh, what else was there? Just a picture of a spirit level. So you're straight talking estate agent. I.e. we're not going to sugarcoat things. Um, Oh, yeah, that was it with the board of the same old waffle. We won't sugarcoat the truth. Like we are, we're there to advise. And it was a bit rough and ready. And we did rip it off from a company uh down in London or, or certainly the boxing gloves anyway. And then and put our own take on it. Uh, a company in Southeast London called Pedder they did something very similar, my wife used to work for them at the time but it was brilliant as a pattern disruptor where people go, oh, who are these new boys off the block and we were gosh how old were we, we were 20s right, mid 20s, trying to take on trying to take the town over um, by storm and it was just something else that was, you know, these boys are different and they're in your face and they, they will go to war and they will tell you exactly the right advice rather than the standard agency BS that a lot of people don't like estate agencies for.
0: I think, I think again, we had this discussion uh recently, but let's say you've got self employed model and you've got high street, whether that's independent corporate, whatever, and you've got uh, I don't know, I'm thinking of direct mail, I've seen or leaflets, whatever, and it will have. Uh, the ones that say we're open seven days a week, you can contact us at any time. And uh, you know, we've got offices all over London, whatever. But then you've got a self-employed who goes, I'm bespoke, you only deal with me. And then you've got maybe someone in the middle who goes, We're the cheapest fees. And it's like it's all like they're all saying the same thing, just a slightly different version of it. And I think everyone kind of gets bored and sick of it. So, like you say, being a patent structure it's a book I'd mentioned probably numerous times on this podcast but Purple Cow by Seth Godin like that was a a super great read for me Uh, we were just speaking before we hit record about reading books and uh, not being able to put it down that was one which I read very quickly um, in terms of being remarkable and again the actual uh, language remarkable people are going to remark on you um, after that experience so I'm sure that that got the the heads turning. I again have probably mentioned it on the podcast, but we had an advert in a newspaper. Uh, so where I used to work, we we had the most pages in the newspaper when the newspaper was uh was popular. And one time we had a few of the branch managers and director MD who all uh, didn't have any hair. And there was pictures of their them and their bald heads, and it said, Don't lose your hair over moving, let us do it for you. So again, tongue in cheek, middle page, and it brought a bit of humor to it people said when i went around to hazard we enjoyed that advert so it's kind of the what's the sell the sizzle not the sausage right you can sell your services and how you're going to get them the best price when you're in that living room but what do you do to get in the living room i think a lot of agents are missing that trick at the moment
1: yeah it won't be right for me to do so but i was sharing i was doing a session with our agents this week and right down here i have got three touting letters that have come to us that are shite, right? There's no other word to describe them. They're appalling. Uh, logos blurry, dodgy signatures, just the same old just crap. Um, again, it wouldn't be right for me to hold them up on here, but we're not we're not up against rocket scientists, right? Uh is and and I mean I'm I'm an agent, right? And I love what we do, but we're not all marketeers. So so what I mean by that statement is we're not up against rocket science marketeers right we're not up against gary v's or simon gates's or, or whatever the whole time right so it's just about positioning yourself as different if you can create humor i think that's that's absolutely huge um but one a, a big bit of advice uh, guy that you've had on and you know well don marcel uh once shared and that was don't sound like an estate agent because as soon as you do people dismiss it you know dear homeowner um valuing in your street uh you know there's
0: there's gold in being different in in the way you come across I, I've probably again shared this on the podcast before but I remember uh being a new member at a golf club a dozen years ago and a friend of mine uh was introducing me to other people and said uh what did he say so he said something like you don't trust him and he wears a cheap suit what does he do for a living and everyone went to stay agent like before he even finished a sentence. And like that really stuck in my mind because it's like everyone has that perception and it's how can you change that perception of what people do think of estate agents? Um, So go on what you
1: Yeah, I was gonna say with that, you've gotta be ballsy as well and being able to turn down business. So I had someone ring to the yesterday and they got through to our concierge desk and they said, we've been recommended uh, the estate agency by an American friend of mine. Brilliant, I thought that's really good. So I phoned them today um, and we've had a bit of back and forth and the property has been on with a couple of other agents, really nice property. Uh, it's about 4 million quid. It's on with two agents, big agents, but it needs digitally staging. It's it's just a, a very non-emotional property, right? And people buy with emotion. So great photos, and but it's what's in the photos. So you can't argue with the exposure or the drone footage, but you can argue with it's 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 kind of lifeless. So we were chatting away um, and the lady said to me, I said, listen, I'm in your neck of the woods on Sunday morning. What's nice about Sunday morning uh, evaluations? we can spend a bit of time and I can properly advise you. Um, She's like, no, that should be fine. I thought I'm not going to give up my Sunday morning for should be fine. So I said, well, listen, with respect, let me just stop you there. Um, I need to know if it's fine or not. Because if I'm going to give up my weekend to come and advise you to get the property sold, um, I'd like you to think of me as a property consultant and maybe not as an estate agent. If you've, you know, had dealings with, uh, someone that's just going to slap it online and then you're not going to hear from them. My job is to, is to guide you. Um, and that's why I've asked questions about what you're paying here and what equity you've got in here and what you're on with movies, is, um, because I see myself as, as someone that's going to advise you. And she was like, right. Okay. That sounds very different to any estate agent I've come across. I said, well, thank you. Um, and we've now put in Sunday morning, but I would have walked away from that. Uh, but if I was ballsy enough to not now. If I would have gone, okay, no problem. Uh, well, let me just see then. Then when it comes to are they going to instruct me or not? I'm already on the back foot. I'm not going to go if I on Sunday to. Uh, I'm not going to go on Sunday to have a conversation with them to see if they want me to sell it. I'm going to take that listing on. Had I have not pushed back and said, listen, I'm not going to waste my time. Um, it probably would be a very different outcome on
0: Sunday. Yeah, I I I think that's a really really good way to to look at it, and it's it 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 got me thinking about like what you said of yeah Sunday be fine, whereas it's like if I wanted to see a doctor for an appointment, they're not going to get an appointment on Sunday to see a no. doctor. And uh, I'm completely ripping off Ian McKenzie uh, of the Guild here, but on his po- uh, home stretch podcast, he'd said. When he was an agent seeing himself as a fourth emergency service behind fire, police, and, and ambulance. And I heard that. I was like, that's that's actually, yeah, really spot on. So you think of in the state agency, we see people at the best and very worst, um, kind of uh emotionally, financially. Um, so they've got to trust you like a, a paramedic, a doctor, a nurse, a fireman, a policeman, because you like you're not saving lives, but my God, you can make a fundamental difference to to their life. Completely, completely.
1: Um, so yeah, it was a, it was an interesting conversation. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, do
0: yeah, do let us know. So um, with regards to um, how am I going to put this? Having never been in an employed role, and this kind of relates into self employed space. So let's take me. I've been. I was in an employed role as an estate agent uh, for a dozen years. And whilst I did um, do lead generation, there's lots of market appraisals that fell on my lap because of the brand and it had been established for 50 years or whatever. So why do you think there are agents who fail, let's say, that could have super amazing conversion rates in a in a high street office? They go self-employed. And they haven't got people putting appraisers in front of them. Why do they struggle so much to lead, Jen? Support, mindset, money. Uh,
1: in in that order, in fact, right? So most agents come on to... Are we talking self-employed? We're talking self-employed specifically here, right? So my... Um, and this comes back to responsible recruiting. So at the estate agency, I'm having a little plug here, but we don't want to recruit en masse and just bring anyone in are wise to help agents run uh profitable stancy businesses, right? So we don't just want uh, to to bring people in for agent count and then and then move on to the next one. And what happens then is you become a numbers game. It's for every 10 we bring on, every uh six and a half survive, every three and a half roll out. Well, I have a, an ethical um Ethically, I have a dilemma with that because actually, uh, let's say you pick the US, those brokerage models, if you leave one, you go to another. In the UK, most likely you've taken out a bit of debt or gone through your savings or a second mortgage or your partner's working extra shifts, whatever it is to cover you. And if it doesn't work, um, you know, that's a lot of people's lives that are being heavily impacted by the model. So I think there's a duty of care for for the models to really, really certainly join the onboarding stage and the first three months. Uh, support the agent and not just bring them on and go, that's where the marketing is. That's where this is. Um, Mindset in terms of, if you, it's a new skill uh, on the whole lead generation, right? And you need to, I mean, I was with, I was fortunate enough to on to Chris Watkins' Sophie yesterday and he said, keep up the good work on your socials. Everyone's watching, even though no one's commenting and it may take you six months before someone goes, I've been mean, following you on Facebook for a while, Chris. I really like what the estate is. And it's that, that mindset piece and a very quick story. Uh, when I started my first agency, I was out door knocking, ran my business partner, he was pissing down the rain, and he said, One more door, one more door. Um, I did it, we took on the property, didn't sell it, but it was on a really posh road, and we've got loads of listings off the back, which meant we were profitable within our in our first year. Happy days. That obviously is compounded. Had I not knocked that door, who knows what would have happened. But the point is. I think self-employed agents are more likely in that situation if they don't have a business partner or accountability partner or support in the model they're in to go home and knock knock that at the door. And it's all about millimeter improvements. That extra door could have been an extra 10% effort and agents would rather take money off their own plate than maybe someone else's. So again, if the model and the support structure around them is, um, you know, you need to phone me to knock that door, I'll, can tell you to go and knock that door and, and then five more, right? Because this isn't for the faint hearted, Um, but actually it's really, really
0: simple. It's just not easy. And the money side?
1: Most agents start with six months worth of, of money available. What will happen is if they don't get a few instructions in their first month, they'll then pull back on, on uh, direct mail canvassing all the stuff that that you're great at right if they're doing any ppc they'll they'll stop it uh but then they're not bringing any leads in they don't want to go out and do the old-fashioned where where you shoe leather or they're a bit scared of ringing all their mates to tell them what they're doing in case it doesn't work if the mindset drops off the limiting beliefs kick in there's no support in the background so, and then you see other agents absolutely flying all over socials in the in the same model um and then you start going into a scarcity mindset, wrong an abundant mindset. So again, a big plug here, if you want to come and join the estate agency, it's not just, have you got some money aside and can you survive? It's, can you invest and in what's your transition plan? And, and for me, before agents even come and join us, I want to sit down and work out their transition plan. Uh, and if that takes three or four months, I'm not desperate to say, we've got a number of agents at the moment. One a very, very prestigious agent that has just signed up with us. I said, don't do it now. Let's get your, let's get what you need to get sorted. But in the background, we're going to build your personal brand. So when you hit the
0: ground, you hit the ground running. Yeah, I love that. Um, on the accountability side, that was that's really interesting. That language you use there, because I was really, really surprised doing what I'm doing now. How much accountability actually estate agents wanted, like wanted someone to hold them accountable. Um, so that that's really fascinated uh, me. And just on what you said about being on the the Watkins sofa, Ken, um, there's a really good example, The Watkins sofa wasn't called that originally. How many hours has he put in? So a lot of clickbait marketing as well. but how, how many hours has he invested and and it's just referred to the Watkins sofa. But um, on your on the, the social media side of things, I've literally had today, someone messaged me on Instagram saying, just come across a podcast, uh, really enjoy it. And I had someone else who shouted out the podcast on LinkedIn, um, who I'd never spoken to before. So two people literally today, I've never spoken to before. And one DM me and one publicly said, love the podcast. And they're both booked on to, to be guests. But we're having this conversation on Instagram, the person listening will, will know who they are, where I sort of saying, I've got to a point now when I just need to forget the vanity metrics of social media. You put a post out and you know, I'll put a post out and I go, That's weird. Like that's not had any impressions. What have I done wrong there or whatever? Um, but and then actually you just got to part that to one side and believe in the process, haven't you? And the like I said, that mindset of just keep doing it. And, and it will gradually come and, you know, if for, I don't know, just arbitrary numbers, if I do 10 social media posts for every lead, I'd much prefer that to having 10 likes per post, for example.
1: What, John, um, you know, I was going to go off on a tangent. Uh, I won't. Um, okay. No, I won't. Go on, keep going, keep going. Because I was going to go off on a, a big, big tangent uh, and we might not have time for it.
0: So, OK, so um, coming back right to where we started, when I sort of said about you went straight into like business ownership, having never been like a neg, let's say. Do you think that has had an impact on why you are so bullish, like you in a good way, like you just said with that lady from Sunday on if they're the right client, but also fees? Because you spoke about fees um. I think when you're on the podcast before, I think you spoke about fees when you're on the world-class agency podcast. So it'd be so easy for someone to join whatever self-employed model it is to just go in and go, oh my God, I've, I I need a listing. I'm going to charge a cheap fee. But that's the complete opposite of the mindset I know of yours. So I had a gentleman ring me today.
1: Um, he's uh, an agent of 32 years in West London. And he's like, I really like the cut of your jib, I think was the term he, he used. <laughs> And you genuinely seem passionate. Um, so I've got someone in our world who's slightly older um, to give him a call, um, and I've no doubt we'll bring him on. And he said, "But you know," and he was talking about fees in the eighties, um, and you know I was smiling away. Uh, and and again, I was I was with actually uh, bumped into an agent the other day called Raph Ial Agabanji, really really good guy at EXP. I said to him, if you were to go again, and we had this exact discussion because agents come from scarcity when they start and they don't want to lose and it means so much. But at the same time, you should be drilled on your value proposition so you don't have to. So we've got a gentleman joining us uh, in two days called Tony's over in Kent. He's 32 years experience uh, as well. Right. So it's, it's crazy how it kind of lines up. And he was like, right, to get going, I'll I'll reduce my fees. And I've said, absolutely not. Now it's his business, he can do what he wants, but my duty of care is to, 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 to dismiss that from anyone when it comes in. Because you do, you come with a scarcity mindset and switch it to abundant and say, but you're not going go to a war for this client. Yes. If you've only got three listings on the go in your first month, are you arguably going to go over and above any other agent in the area because this is your livelihood and chance to prove yourself and, and run your own business? Yes. Can you articulate that to the client? Yes. So why would you drop your fees? Oh, well, it might come from a friend. Well, does a friend not want to support you in your the growth of your business? Is it limiting belief that you think you need to do your mate a deal? Um, and lo and behold, nine times out of 10, any agents that, are, that have stayed with me for a while, and, and thank you for those that have, I've all got high fees and they all gradually keep putting their fees up and they all say, I wish I would have started higher. Uh, but I get it, it's tough, right? You just, if you can go nick a 10 grand fee, and, you know, realistically, I want it to be 20 grand so that you have to do less. Um, it Um, It's a real tough balance. But if you are that confident in what you're delivering and you've prepped it and you believe in the, the brand or the, the brokers that you're with, that will give you the support uh, and help you on that journey, then, yeah, for me, um
0: you should be half percent higher than anyone else in your town. You so... Say- on what you were saying there uh, about fees, if we, if we like, uh, it made me think a bit because you said about the gentleman who's uh, talking about fees in the 80s. If we look just before the recession of like 08, there were double the amount of transactions which we typically see now. There's half the amount of estate agents and the average fees were probably one and a half two percent 2% as opposed to the 1% we're seeing now. now property prices back then uh, were 150, 175 one and a half percent, that's probably making it a two, two and a bit grand fee. Whereas today, average property price, not far off 300 grand, average fee 1%, so it's three grand. So in 15-ish plus years, the average fee has gone from two-ish grand to three-ish grand, yet yeah, there's half the amount of transactions, there's double the amount of competition. And in terms of just pure inflation, that 2,000-ish pounds is worth about four and a half grand today. So you think of how much more it costs to run a business, self-employed, high street, no matter what we it's are s- transactions on top, right? We're underselling ourselves massively. 100%. In the
1: absence of value fee comes into play. I've just sold my best man's property. And if I had a KPI of getting 30 properties across the line per month, I would have part of my French, fucked this one off a while ago because the chances of succeeding were so small. We have gone to war. In fact, my wife has gone to war because she's an incredible agent to get this over the line. So has their mortgage broker. Um, and we've just overturned a decision from Santander, which uh, I didn't think was possible. If I was in uh, a high street role, I would have said, listen, guys, they've rejected it and la la la. Um, again, what's that... You know, he's got a kid starting a school in a different, you know, where he's moved from Cheltenham to uh, Knoll and Sully Hole. And if we wouldn't have gone to war for him, God, the the financial cost would have been mental. Um, But we have done. So, again, people, it's not just price and it's the value and and how you articulate that value is, is so, so key. And I've just downloaded, I think, five or six books on sales scripts and um, people always say to me, um, "Cause I have loads of audible credits to use." Oh, like I don't like scripts. Very American, la la la. Scripts allow you to actively listen, and then ask the right questions so the client can self-discover the right thing for them. That's all scripts do. Um, but agents going in without scripts and and without objections, objects and handlers, you know, are ultimately um,
0: going to be in a tough spot. Yeah, and it's just. That made me think of the book i mentioned to you uh from alex or mosey the 100 million dollar offers or whatever it is um that i'm finding that a, a really good read at the moment i think a lot of agents would uh would benefit from it as well so uh moving on uh i've got a question uh but i want to ask you i came across this i don't know how the other day and i knew this podcast in a diary and i was like right I, that's a question i'm going to ask chris um, Yeah. So let me prepare myself to articulate this to come out the right way. Yeah, get the stretches going. So, if you woke up three years from now and were living your ideal life, what were the three things you did to get you there?
1: Consistency. Um. So I would. I just looked up at my. Uh. So I have. Uh. Your one year, two year, three year, third, fourth. Um. You five goals up here. So I just look to see, shit, what's my number? Um, so they're on my wall. Um, the make a plan and know what that plan is inside out and make sure everyone in your world knows what that plan is. And fucking grind till you get there. Uh,
0: and upskill myself. Yeah, the, the thing I want to uh concentrate on there is is the plan, but let everyone else know your plan. Because that's so, that's I'll say that's really that's hit me because conversation I've I've had recently where it's like, oh you you're not doing this, you're not doing that, or it's like, no, and here's why. But actually, I should have let that person know the plan before. So by the way, I'm not going to do this because my plan is this. Just so you know that. So they don't think that it's something they've done. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. It does.
1: And where where I'm struggling in my business at the moment is because we are um two and a half months old at the time of of recording this. I I want and we've done so much. Operationally, to to make ourselves stand out and and set up certain partnerships and what have you, um, I feel we've lost sight of the wider the goal. Now, if I was to say to to you, who's someone that we've just aligned ourselves with, and um, a couple of other people, where does the estate agency want to be at the end of year one? My failure is no one would be able to answer that by me, and that's why it, my gut reaction was everyone in my world to know where we're going. So. Do I want to um have do I want to be another Keller or EXP? Absolutely not. Uh you know, we talked offline about Harding Green, Great London brokerage, and their retention rate and the culture in that business. Um do I want to take the two businesses I mentioned on? Definitely. And it's finding that balance of growing your agent count, but more so it always so. if i want to grow my agent accounts to 50 by the end of the year 100 by the end of our first year i've got to make sure that the value always outgrows once you get to the point where the value set and the agent count grows then it then it'll taper off in my humble opinion so we've got i i've got to clearly articulate that and make sure everyone knows where true north is and it's very easy. i tell you what in fact this is a self-discovery moment for me is very very easy just to show up every day at work and drive forward, but actually, I need to take a day of a whiteboard day, and and then clearly articulate this and make sure that my agents, my wife, my mom, my you, uh, our business coach in the business, my mentor, everyone knows that's true north. And it focuses the mind. If you put that out into the universe, I'm a big believer in it's far more likely to happen. And, you know, it's it's your reticular activation. Is shit, I've got to get to 50 agents by the end of the year. But in order to do that, I need to make sure our concierge desk is better than a money penny. I need to make sure our ghostwritten articles are the best out there. No pressure. I need to make sure our technology speaks so where agents can genuinely share applicants if they want to, or the AI on the back will find opportunities that we may have missed. Whatever it is, I need to make sure it constantly evolves. And At the moment, um, we're not even three months old, but actually by end of month six, I know where we need to be at value-wise in order to attract the agents that we want in the business, and we genuinely believe we can help them grow profitable businesses. Love that. Um, You've
0: said something there on the, the ghost written article thing. Um and um the Bow Days had said they'd had some lovely feedback, hadn't they, from uh from uh, uh an article and just got me thinking about I was playing golf shock uh the other day. Um and so yeah I got introduced to someone it's like what do you do is like, I work with estate agents, consult them on you know how to how to in- increase revenue through through different means and uh he said oh market oh god i went what, what what does that mean he went well it's tough isn't it what do, what does that mean he said well prices i was yeah but what do you mean it's like oh, really hard for a first time buyer to get on the ladder interest rates and it was it was a typical like dave down the pub nothing wrong with dave down the pub, but like just giving an opinion without actually knowing what's going on i said well interestingly the most active buyer group right now is first time buyers actually getting the money from bank mum, dad, grandparent, rents are soaring. So they're actually still more often than not better off buying. Um, and he was like, oh, okay. Well, what about interest rates? Said, well, interestingly, one in three purchases with cash, they're actually kind of insulated from the interest rate rises directly, indirectly, obviously a different story. He was like, oh, right, yeah. So it's like, but how many people are, are thinking like that? Um, and then what I'm about to say is going to lead into my next question, um, but just thinking, what can state agents learn from an accountant and a plumber? More so, my accountant and my plumber. So first of all, I've just called them my accountant and my plumber. We need to get to a place where someone calls Chris or Tanya or Josh their estate agent. They don't really do so. And the accountant I'm using literally uh, emailed me with regards to an invoice that I'd sent. It's very early on in my business and was so incredibly helpful. I like, didn't, didn't try and sell me anything, didn't, didn't ask my business, it was ridiculously helpful. I then was like, hey, do you wanna have a chat about like doing some work for me as an accountant? She's now my accountant through doing that work. Now I had a plumber here the other day. I unfortunately had a, a plumbing issue and immediately it wasn't Google Newport Pagnell plumbers. It was Derek, he's my plumber. Bring him up, Derek, can you come out? There's a key in the lock safe on the back door if I'm not here. Just get it sorted. I had no idea what it was going to cost. But he then said to me when he was here, we're talking about like my work now. And he said when he first started out, he had his branded van. It would be parked on a drive like mine. It'd do the job. And then when he was here, habit stack. right, I've got 20 leaflets in my car. I'm going to go put a leaflet through the door. So someone's driven past, seeing my brand and the leaflets gone through the door. And I was laughing. He's like, what are you laughing at? I was like, well, I kind of say to estate agents, if you're going to appraise a property, Knock on a door or put a letter through a door saying, I've just been trusted to a place on property. So it's like you've got an accountant there, not selling anything, just being helpful. And then a plumber who's gone, I'm already doing business in the area. Why not have it stack? I've got five minutes. I'll just pop some lead through the door. So just wanted to share the example there of other businesses are doing it and us as a as an industry should be learning from it. Is there anything you would add to that? Because I kind of just spoke at you, Chris, for a few minutes. No, uh, I
1: like it. Uh, so Again, why did we set this agency to help agents run profitable agency businesses? Uh, tax and things that you should offset that people don't when running businesses. It's very all well and good going. Go and uh, you know if you take on ten properties, that brings you X amount of revenue. But actually, what's your divvies? What's your take-home pay? How do you pay yourself tax efficiently? Can you pay uh, family members for certain things? Do you offset your phone? Can you offset part utilities? Uh, Being tax savvy to increase your bottom line uh, is great. You know, can you have an AGM abroad? Yes, you can, but actually have one. So it's not breaking any rules, which means you can pay to go uh, away and and have one in Dubai and have some meetings and all of that stuff. So from the accountant, what can you learn? Um, The the tax piece, again, profitable estate business, not just I have 30 exchanges a year. And... Uh, yeah uh, from the plumber um it's great i'll go f- for slightly further and say a slightly different one sorry is leverage so if i was to say what could you learn from a dentist and it's the same for a plumber right is when was the last time simon your dentist cleaned your teeth uh
0: less than three months ago. Oh, Wait, d- <laughs> was he <laughs> a dentist Wait, no, I clean my teeth. Sorry, you caught me there. Yeah, I clean my, uh clean my teeth. Well, no, the, de- the dentist did clean my teeth when I went there. I didn't clean. Was it the dentist or the hygienist? Yeah, good point. Uh, a hygienist, I guess.
1: Exactly right. So dentist is never going to clean your teeth, and from a leverage point of view, um, that plumber, you can do all his own jobs and whatever else, right? Um, and that's fine. But from a leverage point of view, he could turn up work out what the problem is, throw his apprentice on it, go away to another job, do that one, come back, and then double bubble, if you like. Uh, Now, not everyone wants to do that. Some people are just happy. Um, There's a mate I know who's got to the stage now where he's always been similar to your plumber and he's never needed to advertise, but he's that busy from word of mouth. He's going, right, um, there's a lot of money I'm giving up here. And I guess it's the same in estate agencies. What are minimum wage tasks that you can leverage? Um, so that you can grow uh, your revenue more
0: so you can run a profitable business. Yeah, spot on. So right, coming towards the end of the podcast, and I would have asked this sort of question last time, but uh, let's just say someone decides to partner up with the estate agency, and you've mentioned support, mindset, money. We're going to park that all to one side. They literally have a five-minute phone conversation with you. And it's, Chris, need to go out and get a listing this week, but I also need to prepare for listings in, I don't know, three months' time. So what's one piece of advice you'd give for an agent to try and get a listing now and then also prepare for those listings in a few months' time?
1: You've got to work out what's going to work for you. So um, for me, I hated it every moment of it, but door knocking, I'd go and do it, right? You don't have to do that. Um, depending on where you're at, social media wise and your personal brand, can you double down on that? Um, what is your, how many calls are you prepared to make a day? Um, you know the stats better than me, and that's why you're in our world. But how do I target withdrawn listings over the next three months? So it's not canvassing properties that are just on the market. Um, what, how, how many people can I get in my database in the first month? Um, and how many conversations can I have where I directly ask the question? Let's say you're a mate from school, so I'm in house for ages? Do la la, what are you up to? Well, I'm doing this, this, and this. I'm in recruitment. I say, oh great, la, la what do you do? Um, I've just set my own estate agency. Oh, brilliant! Would you support me? Yeah, no, of course I'll refer you. Wrong question, and that's where a lot of agents fail. It would be, who in your world has a property related requirement I can help with? Oh well, I will tell you what, uh, Chris, um, my uncle's got a property to sell, but. You don't cover Croydon, do you? Because um, he's really annoyed his agent. No, but we've got a great agent, Callum Wan, that, that does in our network. Would you like me to refer you? Oh, brilliant. That would be great, actually, because he's really angry and he's about to instruct Foxton's. Foxton's mm. are 2.5%. I know, right. Um, It's directly asking the question. I rang a, a friend of mine who said to me, um, I'll, I'm going to support you and do whatever when you grow the estate agency. And I said, thanks so much, X. Um, I said, I've got to ask this who in your world should I be speaking to about joining this? That isn't seen And he went, oh, now you come to mention it. This guy's pissed off at X, Y, Z, and this guy's not happy with this business. You should give him a call. Well, why the- weren't you going to give me their details anyway? And it's because it's not his problem. He's driving around. He's doing whatever. He's busy. He's probably on, you know, if he's on the phone, he's probably typing away. Ask the direct question. Um, speak to as many people as you can do every day. Add them to your database, send them value, go out into your community, and and for me, I I personally would be knocking on doors and delivering handwritten letters to properties on the market at the moment, and I would argue when the market is is, is um has its challenges as it as it has right now, there is so much stale stock for you to go and add value to that you can add value to, it's low
0: hanging fruit, it really really is. But there's so um the the stats from 20CI at the moment, and it's been this way for quite a while. Is sixty percent of properties remain unsold, so there's there's a there's a lot of stuff to go after. Uh, that withdrawn stuff, uh, again, there's been four hundred odd thousand listings withdrawn from the market this year. Um, and we were mentioning before we hit record. Uh, one of the areas that uh, an agent at the estate agency covers has been eight hundred seventy eight properties withdrawn from their market which is insane. And then just on the contact list, uh, I appreciate it's going to be different for everyone, but I've got 1,800 contacts uh, apparently in my database. Um, now, let's say 50% of them are going to be homeowners. I would say it's a, is a fair assumption. That's 900 homeowners times that by 3%. 3% people move every year. Statistically, in my phone book, twenty-seven people are going to move in the next twelve months, and that definitely was a Tom Ferry thing at Arat. But I think Matt Keek and Sam Hunter, have spoken about. It's definitely something that I've heard before. But immediately there in your contact list, not all those people are going to be local. But immediately, hey, who's one person you know that's thinking of selling and I can help? So leveraging yeah. that contact list, love oh, it. Wow. Why one? <laughs> <laughs> Who in <are> your <laughs> well, No, I, I, I personally. So I like what you say, but the thing that's always worked for me was yeah. I would always say, "Who's one person you know?" Because it's a specific. Yeah, yeah. And then it's you go hard. one other, but both work. Um, but when when someone goes, "Do you know anyone?" Obviously, the answer can be, oh, "I'm not really sure." Yeah. But when you say what I've said of what you've just said, I found that it has more of an impact. So. Uh, one, but I've not said for a while, Um, but if I was an estate agent again now, if I'm out on a market appraisal and let's say, Chris, I come to see you and your wife and you go, look, thanks for all the advice, Simon, but we're not moving. Uh, It'd be, okay, well, who's one other person, you know, in your network that I can help move? Um, Or can I get a review from you? Can we stay in touch? And then my p- final question would be, who on your street do you think will be next to move? Yeah, I like that. Because we're nosy in this country, aren't we? Oh, John and Barbara over the road. They're getting on a bit. Probably needs to downsize. We're coming to the end of the podcast. Last question. And uh, I don't know if you're a listener of the Diary of the CEO, uh, with Stephen Butler, um, but I've got his conversation cards that I've purchased. Uh, so a new tradition of mine, I think I've done this half a dozen times now, is ask one of these random questions I have no idea what it's going to be. Um, so the answer of this question was from greg hoffman and it was asked by scott harrison i don't actually know who that is uh and the question was is there something right now that you know you're doing wrong but you haven't fixed yet if so how will you get unstuck it's a good question
1: Um, so i broke my hand (laughs) <laughs> um, and I've taken my thing off I should still be in the cast but I, I couldn't do that in the summer um, the reason I'm on in gym Gymshark gear is I haven't been to the gym in about a month and it's because I'm so fixated on growing the estate agency but how can I be the best version of myself if I'm if I'm not doing sport etc and actually when I'm in peak physical condition I'm in peak business condition and um so if I look at my, um, if I carry on the way I'm going on the burnout, if I don't take time for, my, time for myself, my family, uh, in fact, not my family, but just myself, because I can't show up to my family if I'm not taking time and, and looking after me, um, I need to change. So actually, I can't solve every world, all of the world's problems overnight and I need to invest in me. Uh, which is why I'm going to the gym now before
0: nursery pick up. So there we go. Yeah, right. Well, that's that's a good uh, good reason to uh, to finish off the podcast. So uh, for everyone listening, uh, please do remember to like, subscribe, review, share, follow, all that jazz. Um, reach out to Chris with any questions or feedback you've got as well. Um, but yeah, that just leads me to say a massive thank you, Chris, for being a returning guest and, and bringing some more value. I really appreciate it. Always. No Thanks for having me. See you soon.